This is Pod Forsaken. Okay, we're we're technically we're technically uh, oof, we're rolling. Oh God, I don't. All like right, this. <laughs> just here's a little peek behind the curtain. The show is a little low energy. Hi everyone, welcome. To welcome pod, to Pod Forsaken. Pod Forsaken. Sometimes we, I don't know, talk about. This is an ASMR podcast about Ooh. horror movies. That sounds we make, really nice, actually. We make podcasts that you probably haven't listened to. Yeah, we make podcasts <laughs> you definitely won't listen to or review. We re-review podcasts you haven't listened to. This week, episode thirty-two of Pod Forsaken. <laughs> We have closed the loop. What if each episode we just reviewed the previous episode that we did? <laughs> oh uh, boy, that's not bad. Yeah, uh, I think Bo Burnham that already sounds like did an that episode. in the inside. I was that makes sense. I was, yeah. Oh, he did do that. That yes. I was gonna say that sounds like how to a John Wilson or something, but yeah, no, Bo mm. Burnham literally did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh boy, are we are we officially rolling? Should we do a new intro? We can do an intro. Yeah, that doesn't okay, well. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to Pod Forsaken. I'm Ronnie. Nope, Altman. it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you you do it, Missy. Hi everyone, welcome to Pod Forsaken. Who are you, Rodney? You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> really, really nailing it. Only all right, let me do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna all do right, it. Alright, go for it. Hi everyone, welcome to Pod I'm 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 Chris. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good enough. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I couldn't We're... say I'm Missy first. Why couldn't you? Because no Missy one's ever second. done that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pod Forsaken. Who are you? <laughs> this what is are an you... existential what... podcast. What are Who you are doing? You? What, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? <laughs> what, do, you, do you really love that woman? Why are you going home to her? <laughs> oh, boy. Well... Nah, that's good enough. We tried. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Pod Forsaken. I'm Rodney Altman. I'm Missy Levin. And I'm Chris Sachs. No, I'm Chris Sachs. <laughs> no, I'm Chris Sachs. <laughs> well, if you're if you're listening, which you are, <laughs> good one, you Rodney. should know that we we do uh, we talk about horror movies you probably haven't seen. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about this movie called The Vigil from 2021. Um, but before we do that, I was told that people like to hear what's up with their podcast hosts' personal lives. They like a little oh. chit-chat at the beginning. I was wondering oh, what you were A little pitter-patter? Yeah. Someone came up to me, and they said, hey, you only talk about horror movies. I don't know nothing about you, Rodney. I know nothing. So tell me about you. And I said, okay. So we're doing that now. So here's a little, little bit of banter. <laughs> Chris, Chris, uh, I, I've, been on a, I've been on like a horror game adjacent trip. I've been playing Dying Light Two, Stay Who, Who Man, which <laughs> have you have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? Tell me about it. No. <laughs> have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? <laughs> it's a it's a big it's a big parkour fighty zombie game. It's um the game loop is fantastic. The parkour is so smooth. The fighting like a lot of first person melee video games are not very good. This one's very fun. The only problem is when the characters open their mouths and start saying stuff, you just go, oh, I'm getting dumber. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never, I mean, I'm familiar with the Dying Light franchise. I've never actually played one, though, because uh, I hear they're great. I mean, did you play part one, Chris? I did not, no. Okay, uh, well. I heard it was a little, like, it was a very fresh and new, uh, but, like, it just hadn't quite refined the stuff that it sounds like Dying Light 2 did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with most video games, there's always some category that's lacking, right? And mm -hmm. in Dying Light 2, it sounds like it's the voice acting. Well, yeah, the story. Right? Or the writing, okay. Yeah. Is it the voice acting or the writing? Um, or well, no, the, actually, the voice acting itself is good. It's just when dialogue is dumb-dumb, is it's, it's hard to, <laughs> like, I don't care if you're, like, Samuel L. Jackson. If you're, you know, saying something really fucking stupid, it's just not cool. <laughs> yeah. The story I'm playing, the game I'm playing right now. Anyway, let me tell you about my life. So, <laughs> Are, I am assuming Missy's playing the opposite, where it's just like a point and click adventure that has a great story. It's an amazing story. It's so good. <laughs> Missy, tell, what are you playing? Uh, I'm playing Trails in the Sky, the second game right now in Trails of the Sky. And it huh. is, it is relaxing it is beautiful it is an amazing story but it's actually really good fighting too 
And, like, you know, putting on your, like, you know, your armor and your outfits and, like, crafting and stuff. It has all of that. Um, but it's, like, almost like you're watching an anime but playing a game at the same time. And it's not point-and-click adventure. There's a lot of really good story, but there's a lot of, like, actually, like, difficult game pieces as well. Is it a tactical RPG or a turn-based RPG? Uh, turn-based. I'm, oh. I'm very impressed I even knew the, that wording, but yes. Because oh. <laughs> that's why it's, like, not stressful. So, you know, you can... I mean, people jump out at you and fight you, but, like, you can think about what you want to do. Because there's, like, all different right. spells, and, like, you figure out, like, if you want to do, like, you know, like, magical damage or strength damage or, like, what you want to do. And you have to, like, manage healing huh. and all that kind of stuff during the fight. So it's, like, kind of like a board game mixed with an anime mixed with a video game. It's nice. amazing. And I think the, f so the third one is, it's just a, it's on PC. So, um, uh, the, but the fourth one is on the switch. So I'm very excited when it switches to that. So it'll be easier oh. than having to set it up nice. like and screen it to the TV. Right. Yeah. Right. Is it like one can, like, do you have to play them in order to get the story or is each one its own thing? Um, the first two are one big story. And then the third one. Oh is going to be finishing like side character stuff and then i think it like resets like in the same universe kind of thing or something like because there's like 11 of them out or something but it's it's really really good you guys should look it up huh okay well welcome to pod Sagan, where we talk about horror games you probably haven't played <laughs> <laughs> sorry video that's not a horror game i meant video game i fucked up the joke oh well damn it you know brand new season of pod Sagan. we're just we might not even talk about horror movies anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to, to 50 minutes, and it's like, oh, The Vigil. That's all right. <laughs> so that's what you thought. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there were things that were excellent, and there were things that were like, eh. Yeah. So we're getting like, to the movie now. Yeah. Let's. I mean, the options are we talk about the movie, or I condescendingly explain televisions. <laughs> and boxes. I really like The Vigil, guys. I really like this movie. I really liked it too. Yeah, I, I think like, I liked certain it. parts were a little forgettable, but like overall, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, we'll give you a heads up before we talk get into any spoilery territory. But before we let you know, before we get into it, to kick things off, let's do the quick and dirty. Uh, Missy, tell give us the quick and dirty. Sure. So this this movie is. Uh, let me just. Boring. <laughs> I just have to remember his name. Chris, give us the quick and dirty. Oh my god! All right, so a, a former Hasidic guy uh, who's like running Yaakov. from his own tragic past uh, is, is. Thank you. Yaakov is enlisted to act as a shoimer overnight, which in the Orthodox community means he needs to sit and watch a body as he's sitting overnight, watching the body by himself. Creepier and creepier shit happens. Yeah. Um. So, first of all, this movie... I would have messed that up so bad. I would have gone so much You already did, detail. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, for those who, who maybe haven't listened to older episodes where Missy does the quick and dirty, her, it goes on forever. And yes. I, I realize it's important to point out, Missy, that it should only be a couple sentences, okay? <laughs> Just, I feel like I'm, I finally get it as of today. <laughs> Missy's always like, so there's... There's this dark lord, and he creates this ring, and and the ring passes down through the generations, and then and then these hobbits find it, and they're like, "We need to help," so they go to river. Oh, Riverdale. I forgot something. I gotta start over. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the vigil. First of all, this is written and directed by this name, uh, this guy named Keith Thomas, and this is his first feature film. Um, that is really cool. He did a great job. I think he did a really great job. Um, and off of this, he actually got signed to direct the upcoming Firestarter uh, remake. Oh. Do you guys know about that? Please go on. Okay. Uh, I'm a Firestarter. What? Wicked no. Firestarter. Is that, um, oh, is that, uh, <laughs> oh, it's ringing a bell now that you say it. Okay. Right. So Blumhouse is doing a remake of, or, or depending who you ask, it's not really a remake of Firestarter. It is a brand new adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Firestarter. Oh, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it is. It's one with Drew Barrymore's little kid. That's what I thought. Right, okay. that's the original version. Okay. Right, that's yeah, yeah. It's one of the, yeah, exactly. Uh, this new movie stars, um, you know. Uh, Zach Efron. <laughs> Zach Efron, yeah. Zach Efron. I don't know who plays the, the, his daughter. Um, all of that is super interesting. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next. <laughs> so let's just talk about the movie, right? Uh, the Vigil, first of all, this is a PG-13 movie, and I think we we rarely, am I, am I wrong? I'm pretty positive this is a PG-13. Um, we rarely talk about PG-13 movies Yeah, on they here. usually hate them when we do. Because PG-13 horror movies tend to fucking suck. Exactly. 
And I with exception, there are exceptions. We should look at before we watch them because we shouldn't. Like a lot of times, I feel like we thought it was going to be good, and we're like, oh, we should have known this would be bad because it's PC thirteen. I most of the time look at that, oh. but I had heard good things about the vigil, and so I was willing to, you know, give it a go. Yeah, it's rated PG thirteen. Um, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna add this to my list of good PG thirteen horror movies. That's mm-hmm. that's how much I liked it. I think there are very few. I think it's like this and the Ring, like the American Ring remake, um, and maybe that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I I know there are a couple others. Can you guys think of any good PG thirteen horror? Is The Exorcist no, PG thirteen? No. I mean, by there's today's a standard. <laughs> oh yeah by today's standards like pg yeah oh i think drag drag me to hell was pg-13 oh that wow, uh, that that's was impressive. great uh a quiet place um <laughs> insidious okay uh the exorcism of emily rose that's a lot of the big oh. theater movies yeah well because they want to get that more yeah. money right, right right um but those are all um Oh, Split, Happy Death Day. Yeah, there's actually a lot of good PG-13 horror movies. But... Yeah, but again, it's all the bigger ones. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, but in in general, right, like you're still looking at a list of less than 20 good films, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, The the Vigil. Let's let's talk about it in a, in a sort of scene-by-scene way. Um, oh, oh so, first yeah. of all, sorry. Oh, go ahead. On IMDb, about... it says, in December 2019, Blumhouse acquired domestic distribution rights to this film. Okay. So, so they distributed right? it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it I mean look, I don't I don't know how how I don't know how that works because it also says it was distributed by IFC Midnight. And when you start Blumhouse, the movie, tell us what you think. It yeah. Someone <laughs> at Blumhouse, please reach out. You can reach us at Missy, what's our email address? Podforsaken at podcast. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh. It is just amazing. <laughs> It's... I podcast.com. <laughs> I don't know how you get through the day. I just <laughs> It's so it's so simple. It's podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. okay. Gmail at podcastforsaken.podcast. Rodney at podforsaken at Chris at podforsaken at Missy at podforsaken.mail.edu. <laughs> This has been an education. Thank you. Uh, so no, what it was is Blumhouse acquired it from the uh, the Toronto, and then IFC Midnight acquired it from Blumhouse because I think Blumhouse had just kind of shelved it. Oh, so Blumhouse wasn't actually like going to put it in theaters, probably. Yeah, probably they just couldn't and... come up with a release schedule that made sense yeah. with the pandemic. Thank you, um, Chris. Yeah, I mean, thank you. It, it it didn't really play very in many theaters. It played at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2019 actually. Yes. Um and then it got like a limited release in uh like the in in the UK and New Zealand in like mid 2020. Um so yeah, I wonder I wonder if it's like one of those unfortunate pandemic things yeah. where you know, like they didn't know what to do with it because they couldn't release it in theaters and they just kind of like petered out and then they released it you know on on video i don't i don't actually know i think this that could makes have a... done well and been like a little see... different from the like standard you know la Yorona. that i don't entirely agree with because really? i mean i feel like this this is a if this were to just come out during normal non-pandemic times which maybe is now i don't know people are seeing <clears> movies <throat> again right yeah yeah I don't think people would show up for this movie because it, no. it doesn't it it doesn't star anyone you've, you've a lot of horror movies you, don't. Well, but it also doesn't have that like sexiness, and I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean like there's nothing that's like, ooh, I gotta see that. I think it sort of looks very much like it could be an A twenty four movie. Yes, but this the spooks is... are like accessible. Like yeah. it's, it's like an A twenty four movie mixed with like more like not like in a bad way, but like standard kind of like. Spooks. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. like it's like if A twenty four actually made a real horror film. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. Like if they were like, what if there's actually like a demon in it and yes. actual scary shit happens? Yes. And nah, like, doesn't that no, sound no, like no. a good? That sounds like worth doing. And I think being, for the forty yeah. fifth time, it should be that the the lady's just crazy. Okay. okay. <laughs> you win. <laughs> um. So uh, I feel like at A24, there is like a person whose job is to take 
whatever the movie is they're making and just make it look like a horror movie, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> How can we trick people again? We got him again. That's like, like when you when you pitch to A24, there's like the, this this woman in the room and she's like, let me ask you a question about your small uh, coming of age drama. Is there a way that we can sell it as a horror movie? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like we can we can add some like creepy piano notes on the trailer and be like, all right, we we'll make it. Once I mean, the guy year. running that just must like hate horror fans. Like, how can I anger them? Like- Once a year, <laughs> there's a man who sneaks into every child's home. There were thirty three before this. This is another curse. Miracle on thirty fourth. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I, I, well, as we talk about the vigil, I think you, listeners, you'll see why. Although maybe you, you probably have watched it. I don't know. I don't know what you do. But <laughs> it's streaming on Hulu. Yes, it is. Um, I think my point here, Missy, is like if I saw a trailer for this, right, like in the movie theater before Spider Man, I don't think I would say, I'd "Oh be my like, god, why I, is this in front of Spider Man?" Yeah, that'd be my first thought. Yes, <laughs> but but I'd also be like. I don't know if I need to come to the movie theater to see this movie. Really? You know what I mean? See, like, when I, like, even, I mean, I didn't see Watch a Trailer, but, like, when I just read the premise before picking it, I was like, oh, that's, like, a great idea for a horror movie that I haven't seen before. I mean, it's a, like, I, I think it's a great idea. I like that. I just, I mean, look, I, I think, I'm not saying no one would show up, Missy. I Obviously, every movie, someone shows up to see it, right? But I just don't think it would be a big it wouldn't like win the weekend or anything you know i what think mean? that like my friends that aren't really into that horror i think this could be like a crossover for like a, like a more normie horror person if they gave it a chance at least i will agree with that i agree that this this sort of this easily this is accessible to whatever you want like intro to horror people yeah, like, like people i have who friends just... that just like insidious and conjuring and stuff like that and i think they would like this whereas a lot of the yeah. stuff we talk about i would never recommend those people i I think that is a perfect comparison. If you liked Insidious, you're probably going to like The Vigil. Like, mm-hmm. they're very, very similar movies. Um, well, let's talk about The Vigil, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, uh, The Vigil, uh, it, like, it, it opens, if I recall, with, like, a, like, you don't, you will come to learn it's a flashback, but there's basically, like, this, 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 this dude in the woods, and he is, like, pointing a gun at a woman, and there's clearly like a Nazi to his side making him do it. And you get the idea that like some Nazi is making this guy, I guess, probably shoot his wife, right? You get that. That's yeah. what I got from it. Yeah. Um, but th- we'll come back to that. That's how it opens. But then basically you cut to present day New York and we meet our main character. Uh, and his name, what was it, Missy? Yaakov. Yaakov. And um, I believe the, the opening is like the, he's in a, it's like a support group for people who are like transitioning out of the Orthodox Jewish religion into like more, I don't know how to say that in a non-offensive way, more normal living. Just like (laughs) integrating into contemporary society. Yeah. But so they're all, you know, they're all like still living in Brooklyn. Unorthodox society. (laughs) (laughs) I like to live unorthodoxly. What does that mean? I don't have payers. I, uh, during the, so, I mean, this movie's, uh, it has a lot of, it's all about, like, the, the Jewish faith and their customs and religions, so I don't know if either of you had this experience, but, like, I just kept turning to my wife being like, what's that? Is that a thing? Like, what did he say? Right? I I really wanted my husband to watch it with me, um, but he, he was busy, so, yeah, I'm really annoyed I didn't get his insight. Okay, great, because your husband is Jewish and Correct. my wife is Jewish. Correct. And Chris, you are just Jewish. You don't even need to ask your partner. That's right. Well, I did. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. And you're I like, s- you're a bad Jew. And she's like, I'm not a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the sh- the whole aspect of the Schoimer thing is like something I know of. Like, I know my dad was asked to be a Schoimer at one point a long, mm. long time ago. Oh, wait, what's uh, a Schoimer? He, he, he was a Schoimer. No, no, explain it to oh, the listener. Oh, oh. It's a, a Schoimer is uh, somebody is like a guardian who sits and watches a, a dead body overnight. But Pra-, why? Pragmatically, it's to like... Because in, er- in the early Israeli days, people would steal the body. Yeah. And then turn it into like a puppet for puppet shows. That's right. Oh. That's... No. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like the, the typical shit of like, you know, preparation <laughs> of the dead. You didn't want animals to eat it or somebody to like rob the corpse or whatever. Oh, was that the original? Because I... 
Because it's they don't want the body to be like possessed by the devil or something, or like take the soul yeah, to that's, be taken by yeah, the, the devil. I don't. I don't think uh, maybe people legitimately believe that, but I think it's more just like practical, right? Like, oh, you do. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know the the way the movie explains it is that it's it's to prevent you know whatever demon shit, right? Yeah, but it's like I, protect you're, you're pr- the soul. I imagine it's it's like a combo of those things. And I, I had heard of this. Like, you know, like I'm familiar with the idea of like wakes, which is more of like, I guess, an Irish thing, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I I have, I, I, it's one of those things where I sort of was aware this is a Jewish thing, but I guess I've never actually heard of anyone actually doing it, right? Yeah, it, it, because like people that are, like a lot of my Jewish friends, it doesn't seem like this is like done in every case still. No, I think it's an Orthodox thing specifically. Yeah. Okay, so so now that you know what a Schwimmer is, we are back with this support group, right? And uh, I'm sorry, was it Yaakov? Yeah. I have right? one more note to make just about the Schwimmer. Uh, so they explain please. that, like, basically they're ha- they have to hire this person because a family member can't do it instead. So it, it seems like this is only done if, like, there's not a family member that you would delegate it to just to do it oh. themselves. Yeah, interesting. Um, do they talk? I mean, whatever. I yeah, don't they, they say that, like, basically like that. there's, like, there's no like chill like you know they don't have like any kids or grandkids or anything like that that would could do that job in a religious religious context it would be needed in um, so that's why they have to hire someone okay so uh they're doing i've i've you've killed it missy i can't i can't go on <laughs> that's my specialty <laughs> Success. <laughs> Point is, they're, they're in the support group, and it's clear that Yaakov is like he's still like trying to learn how. I, I I took it to mean that like he had just moved here from Israel. That's what I thought. But um, but I guess it they, as the movie goes on, you it's unclear when he moved here. But like I don't like was he born in Israel? Unclear. Um, I don't know if you guys have opinions on this. Didn't even cross my mind. I thought uh, he just no, I mean he was obviously he was from Brooklyn. Yeah, he was obviously living okay. in in. You know, so York. in the support group, the only person who's important is there's this other woman, right? Um, and I totally don't remember her name at all. Do you? Sarah? I think it was Sarah. Sure, let's call her Sarah. And at the end of their meeting, as they're getting ready, Sarah like goes to offer him like a hug, you know, like and there and he he is um he is awkward about it, right? And like and that that was I thought like a good storytelling beat because I was like, oh, like he clearly is not used to like you know, like hugging women in a casual, friendly way. Right. Um, and I think he even says something about how, like, he's not sure how to do this or whatever. Right. But it's clear that she's kind of got a little thing for him. Right. Yeah. Well, cause and... she's like, that's a great meeting. Do you want to go out sometime? <laughs> that's true. Yes. It's more than, it's more than a little subtle. <laughs> um, and I felt like he, like he just either wasn't picking up on it or he was just nervous, unclear. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's a very segregated society. So he, he was just like, I don't know. Do I hug you? What do I do? Uh. <laughs> um, but this is going to be important later because she basically says, like, she gives him her phone number. Which he doesn't he... really know how to use his iPhone. Right. And so I didn't know. Here's a question. I did. Like, what year is this movie taking place? Like, it's is this temporary? I think he just hasn't had a lot of experience with electronics because. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this was of, like. He was coming the, from the Orthodox. Like the year Maybe. the first iPhone came out. But no, it's it's meant to be present day, and he just yeah. Do do Orthodox Jews not use like technology? Is that a thing? Uh, no, they use technology, but there's like the whole thing uh, with the Sabbath and like pushing buttons and shit. So, right, like, but that's like that's like one day per week, right? I thought for some reason right. like they would just have like a lot of times more simple phones without like internet and stuff, and like just not be on them as much. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the cell phones with the with the with the the circular dial. <laughs> Just like a rotary old, cell phone, like an old flip uh, phone kind of thing. No, I think I think thought. you're only allowed to use the phone for talking. Like you can't text and yeah, like because they, they don't go on the they don't go on like the internet on the phone and stuff. Could you imagine texting on a rotary phone? <laughs> I used to. I had a Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, she basically gives him her number and is like, "Hey, text me later, right?" Um, and then he goes outside, and waiting outside is like the creepiest rabbi I've seen. He's like leaning, he's like yeah. leaning under the street lights. Was he vaping? He, I think, I thought in my mind he was smoking a cigarette, but he might've been vaping. Uh, I think he was vaping. You're Rabbi's right. Rabbi's allowed to vape? 
Rabbis Clearly, can do anything. There is yeah. no way that guy was breaking a rule. That dude was the most orthodox Jew in the movie. So like, yeah, he was. Um, I don't see why they why they couldn't. Um, and so he's basically like, "Hey, Yaakov, can we talk?" You know, <laughs> I, I, that's he doesn't talk like that at all. <laughs> um, but uh, Yaakov is like, "Hey, Rabbi, I don't remember this guy's name. I'm just gonna call him the Rabbi." Um, Reb, like, I think Reb Shulam. Yeah, Reb. It's Reb. Uh, and he is clearly like, I don't know if he's like, it's unclear if he's like the head of the Jewish community, but he's like an he's important like figure. just the head of that, their yeah, like local. Yeah, he's the rabbi. Yeah, their, sure. their you know, synagogue or whatever. As we go on, one thing I wanted to say I liked about this movie is that like, it, how to, it, it feels like very, it's a very Jewish movie, right? Like it, like it, it makes you, it really throws you into the feeling of like the Jewish community. Yeah. But in an accessible way, right? Like it, it's it it treats you like an adult, but it also knows to explain the couple things that you're gonna need to understand. Totally. It explains right? stuff really well in a way that I feel like it's not just like, hey, can you tell me about what a shomer is? Like they, they yes. explains it in the script that it doesn't feel like I don't know, like tacked on. Yeah, exactly. And so like it really made me feel like it kind of gave me like a little teeny insight into like an entire world that like. I know is there, but I'm not, you know, a part of, or yeah. I don't interact with. And so like, it never even occurred to me that like, there are people who are like transitioning out of like the Orthodox way to live a more un unorthodox way, as Chris said, <laughs> and like that, the awkwardness of what that must be. Um, and so Yaakov has a lot on his plate because like, he's clearly, he's got some guilt about making this decision. Right. Um, and, uh, the rabbi is basically like, hey, have you thought about, like, coming back to the fold and being orthodox again, right? And he's like, I told you I'm out. And that's when the rabbi is like, well, he's all like, right, what about one more job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is literally I got a one more job movie. Um, he, he basically says, like, hey, look, like, I'm not I'm no, no pressure, but like, we need a shoimer for tonight because this old this old guy died. And the Schoimer we had, he unexpectedly did he run away? He, le- he they left. don't explain why at the moment, but they he he left and he, right. Yeah, it turns out so, he ran away because he was spooked. But yeah, we don't he, know that he, yet. he he got creeped out and left. And so now there's this dead body with no one watching over it. And like the rabbi's like, look, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks if you'll watch him for the night. Like no pressure tomorrow morning. Well, he knows go- that Yakov is having trouble paying his rent. And he's like yes. struggling for money, so. And so I think, I think like the rabbi is clearly like, my intention here is to get you to like, you know, do this for money, but over the course of the evening, maybe you'll reconnect with your, your, your orthodox roots and I can lure you back. Yeah. Um, Like the rabbi clearly has, you know, whatever ulterior motives here, but you know, like it's not the worst ulterior motive. He just like wants the guy to come back to the religion, you know? Um, but the other guy, Yaakov, is like, no, thank you. I'll just do this for the money. <laughs> um, but he also, he has experience doing this. Like, it's clear he has yeah. sat Schoimer multiple times, right? And he negotiates the price up. Yes, yes. There is a there is a haggling scene. <laughs> and um, so he, uh, eventually he says yes, right? And then we actually get to the movie that you've come here for. We're like, this, this all happens in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, right? Um, and somewhere in here... You start to get little flashes of an incident that happened with Yaakov in the past that, like, I don't, this will play out over the course of the movie, but something bad happened to Yaakov that has, like, traumatized him, right? Yeah, and this is Uh, the reason, it's implied that this is the reason he left the faith, the Orthodox. Yeah, right. Um, And so he, so anyway, he gets to this house in Brooklyn. It's like, you know, just like a normal looking house on a normal looking street. Um... And the rabbi tells him that, like, the man who has died, um, phew, there's no way I'm going to remember this guy's name, but uh, Litvak? I think his yeah, name is Litvak. Well, miss, yeah, and then so the wife Ruben, is... It's Ruben Litvak. So Ruben Litvak was a Holocaust survivor who had, you know, moved here after the Holocaust uh, and married a, married a woman and, you know, lived in this house, and now he's passed away. And his wife is still alive, I don't remember her name. We'll call her Mrs. Mrs. Litvak. Yeah, they don't. I think that's all they say. And so most of the movie now takes place in this house. I would say, like, what, like 90%. Yeah. He, so he comes in, 
the rabbi introduces him to Mrs. Litvak, and Mrs. Litvak is like, not this guy. Like, you shouldn't, you should just <laughs> yeah. go. Like, don't, don't be here, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, like, look, she comes off as kind of old and sad and crazy. And I get that, you know, Yaakov is like, uh, whatever, I'm staying. And then yeah. Ms. Litvak, like, goes upstairs, right? For all you uh, Sex in the City fans out there, this is uh, Miranda's nanny from the original series. Oh, really? Oh. Hey, did not, did not know that. <laughs> um, and I'm a huge Sex in the City fan. You think I would have, you think I would have noticed. Um, so... You know, Rabbi says, hey, uh, I'll see you at sunup. We'll be here with, like, a van to pick up the body. Best of luck. I'll pay you then, right? And he's out the door. Um, and now the movie is, you know, basically Yaakov sitting with his dead body and creepy shit begins to happen. So, first of all, I want to say, uh, not first of all, we're deep into the episode. <laughs> but <laughs> the actor who plays Yaakov is great. Yes. I really like this guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, he is played. Is it Dave? Dave, Dave Davis. That's quite Dave a Davis. Okay. Dave Davis. That's. That's interesting. That's that's a name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it's just so weird because like he he it's 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 hard to believe the guy playing Yakov is named Dave. That Davis. That sounds like a porn <laughs> name, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought this guy like he really I don't know like because so much of this movie is him like in a room alone silently sitting or like walking around but like he really expresses like concern well you know and i i just you can feel his anxiety and yeah yeah his like borderline panic attacks and so you know he's basically like you you know you got like a he's sitting in the living room and uh like up on there's like a like i guess like a table is the the body's on it with like a white sheet over it and um you know right off the bat like I would call this like standard supernatural stuff, right? Like one of the yeah. light bulbs flickers a little bit. Yeah, right? he hears groaning in the ceiling. Yep. Yeah. Our conjuring yeah. spooks. Yes. Um, and he uh, at one point one of the one of the scares that really creeped me out. Like this movie in general got under my skin. Um, this is definitely like a watch it in the dark yes. alone if you yeah. can kind of movie. Um, but there's this part early in where he's like sitting in the chair and he like looks in the corner. And there appears to be a person like standing in the shadows. Do you remember that part? Yeah. And I forget what happens. He like, you know, I think he looks away because that's what they always do. And right, then he's gone. Yeah. Um, but that just started like, I was just like, oh, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not good. I, Things are not, not good. <laughs> but I, I get that like from his perspective, he's like, that I, I didn't see nothing. I need that yeah. money. That, pay, that pays my rent, you know? Yeah. The first like big spook, I'd say, is like he dozes off in the chair yes. for a few minutes and like, wakes up like startled and he has this like there's a video on his cell that's been sent to his cell phone where mrs litvak is like come into the room and just starts like touching his face oh right yes yeah. and i mean it's so it's so 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 don't i mean you don't even know if did that like def did she do that did that definitely happen i mean it's it's very very right. creepy this video well and then the the because he he goes to see mrs litvak but the video is gone right it right. disappears from his phone yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know he, like, Mrs. Litvak, like, comes and goes throughout the movie. Like, She's sometimes... just, like, creeping around the house way too quietly. Like, just appearing. <laughs> yeah, there's a number of, like, uh, like, this is not a jump scare heavy movie. But there are a couple, like, you know, he turns around and Mrs. Litvak is there. Boom. Jump scare, you know? Yeah. Um, But in general, she's basically like, uh, you shouldn't be here. She says it, like, multiple times, right? Uh. <laughs> And I think at one point she might say, like, it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is, because it is a contained horror movie that is about this night, it's like, it. we don't need to necessarily beat through everything that happens, because it's just a pretty much... It's yeah. a very well-done, like, crescendo movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where, it, like, all this shit, creepier and creepier and creepier shit happens until it finally... There's a very good explanation of why he can't leave... There's a very good rollout of evidence of what happened, and I think it ends very well. Yeah. Uh, it's very competent. So I think I think uh, at this point I would say we can't really discuss anymore without spoiling stuff. That's but, yeah. I think this is a good point. You're right. Yeah. So I think I think we can just like beat through what we think is excellent. But at this point, I think before we go into spoilers, I would recommend this movie because I think it is very well done. 
Dave Davis is very good. Every, everyone's very good in it. Dave Davis. Yeah, he, yeah. Is, very, Davis. he is really good. Yeah, he is. I'm familiar with his other things, like uh, Please Call the Plumber 6. And... <laughs> um, I also I also highly recommend this movie. I really I really think this is worth everyone's time. Yeah, I yeah, like like I kind of like I said before, I think pretty much any kind of horror fan could enjoy this movie. Yes, yeah, um, and I I will say before you go to spoilers, we do get you can see it on the poster. So I will say there's some creature design that I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also uh, you know again it's PG thirteen, so there's there's really no gore in the movie. It's not a very violent film. It's really, it really does a lot with just like mood and tension and uh, it's just like, it's creepy and, and, and bravo. And again, for me to recommend a PG-13 horror movie, that's just that like. That says it's, a lot for us. That's, yeah. that's such a fucking achievement, you know? Um, so yeah, we're going to spoil, we're going to spoil the shit out of the movie now. Uh, you've been, you've been warned. Three, two, one. Spoilers. It's a mazic. It's a mazic. Yeah. <laughs> what's a, Which, what's a yeah, mazic? Chris, is this like something that is like specific well, to the Jewish so, faith or? Well, so the, the thing about the Jewish faith is like, there are descriptions of demons, but okay. like, it's not, it doesn't have like a rich demonology tradition, like, you know, medieval Christianity does. Um, and, and like the idea of demons are really, they're just like kind of executors of God's will. Like okay. there are things sent out by God to punish because in traditional, uh, you know, Jewish, like the whole concept of, uh, hell and, and heaven is a lot murkier than it is in like the Christian right. faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like, I think of Mazik, I'm trying to remember if it's Dybbuk is not mentioned, but a mazic is mentioned in the Torah. Right. I because I'm familiar with the Dibbic. We've seen that in right? other horror movies. Yes, yeah, we've in seen that in two in, others, in... I think. Yeah. yeah. What what do you remember what those movies were? There was the I think uh, the, un- the wedding the... one. Oh yeah. But, uh, that was a great de- movie. It was called Demon, right? Demon. That yep, was a yep, good yep. movie. I forgot about that. Oh. Yeah. And, and it was mentioned in another one. Yeah, there's well there's a movie we didn't cover, I think called it's either called The Unholy or The Unborn. Yes. Right, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. it's about like uh, I think it stars you know that guy with three names. He's on The Walking Dead. <laughs> Keith David Johnson, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Davis Davidson. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. <laughs> Whatever the, the guy Negan, the guy with the baseball. Bat, oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like a dad, and his like uh, his like daughter buys a music box that has a dibbic in it or something. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so when they start talking about a mazik in this movie, I was like, wait. Is there like other different Jewish demons? I guess uh, there are. Yeah. So this, all right. This is in the Talmud. It says, um, and so yeah. There's like the the three different uh you know foundational books, uh the Kabbalah, the Talmud, the the Torah. Right. Yeah. Of course, everyone yeah, knows. Everyone this. knows that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a more like studied by rabbis, right? Like the the lay. Jew person, Jewish person is just going to read the Torah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's mentioned in the Talmud. I have not read the Talmud, so I don't know. I'm just reading the internet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a it's just a malevolent spirit, right? So, but it but it, it has something to do with like grief, right? Like the yes. I mean, this... I think I think they might have invented a little more in this, and like sort of maybe maybe it's more like folklore than Are it is. Are you okay. saying elements of this movie are fictional, Chris? No, no this was a documentary. He's not that. Everyone knows Dave Davis <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, it's, I don't know at what point the Mazik gets brought up. I mean, it's clearly um, so. I think I think it's that they go, um, they go he the goes to confront Mrs. Latvik, and she, and then he goes to the basement, and there's like the film yeah, playing, the footage. and yeah, and it's Mister Ruben Latvik is talking about how he's been possessed by a Mazik. Yeah, so it's like uh, it's not his body doing it; it's an old film. Yeah. Yes, right, right. There's a, right. There's, there's a film I, I, of it. <laughs> I totally forgot the whole part where he goes in the basement, but yeah, he he talks about the mazik, and he basically implies that the mazik has been like following him his whole life or whatever, right? And it was a little weird oh, that that was playing in the basement. That's kind of the only thing that was like, why is this playing in the basement? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like I I I don't know if it's the if the mazik like. Put it on for Why would the Mazik want him to know that information? Because you know, just like yo, I just thought like I'm well, gonna be following otherwise you. Otherwise, it'd be confusing but... for the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, that but like the video says, like this is how you can defeat me, and this is exactly what I am. And... That's true. In the video, he he talks about like how you if you like 
it basically like once a mazic like latches onto you, you have to get rid of it before sunrise or it's gonna permanently like follow you. Yeah, and you have to burn its face its true and face it, off. Right. And um Okay, I, I totally I agree. I was like, I'm not sure why this is on. It's not too Ooh. easy to find that information. That's been yeah, my only that's, ding. Yes, that 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 was a ding. Yes, um, but yeah, it, it introduces the idea of a mazic, which is uh essentially like a grief demon. Yeah, yeah. And Mrs. Latvik explains it like it's not latched onto me because I don't have the trauma, like the trauma I didn't, her husband I didn't had. do anything bad. I had a great life. I had a great, nothing's bad's ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Except for this, apparently. Yeah. She, she makes a comment that like, she says some, someone implies that like, that Lit, Ruben Litvak like never left his house. Yeah. It, he but said it like, was too like painful for him to leave every time he tried to, or bad things started happening, he would just run home and screaming right but but does that mean like for like the last like whatever 30 to 50 years he's literally just like been in that house it sounds like and she explains like oh i i made i drove my kids away i made sure they left and would never come back to not you know like trap them here too um yeah i mean okay i mean i i guess it just seemed hard to believe that that he just never leaves the house but i i i that's like i guess a lot of good takeout that's like right there it just comes that's true. That's true. Brooklyn's got a lot of good food. Yeah. Um. So I don't know the order in which these things are revealed because they're sort of like they throughout the movie they keep flashing back to these two incidents, right? So let, we might as well just like talk about them, right? The the first is the the Holocaust flashback from the beginning of the movie, right? And it's pretty obvious pretty quickly that like what they're telling you is that back in the day, Ruben Litvak was like a young man during the Holocaust, and like a Nazi made him kill his wife in the woods, yeah. right? Like. We all got that pretty mm-hmm. fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, that's what it, when that scene is happening in the background, like out of focus, you can see this like tall black figure like approaching, you know, Ruben Ruben Litvak, and it's implied that like that is the moment when the Mazik like attached itself to him. Yeah, yeah, like and he brought it with him from. Right, and from, I guess that's my question because like, like the woods there or whatever. He clearly. Like that that demon was with him from like the the nineteen forties, but he clearly moved to America, right? He Must have found gotten, a, like stronger over the years or something. Like oh, feeding maybe. on the grief. Yeah. Maybe over time it lets him leave less, right? Yeah. But there was a period where he clearly was like unburdened enough to be able to like meet a to meet a new woman, totally. current Mrs. Litvak, right? And buy a house and do all the things you have to do. I guess just as he got older, he became more housebound with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, 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 it's it, the scene itself is not like gory. You don't like see him shoot her. Right. It's, I think it cuts away. It cuts and away, but it's, it's really sad and it's, implied. it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. And you realize that like this dude, this dude, like not like, it's like, not only has he just been living with the grief that he was forced to murder his wife, but there's also a demon like giving him shit for it, right? Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not cool. Um, and so, in a uh, a parallel story, you also keep getting these flashbacks to Yaakov from a couple years ago, right? And in those flashbacks, you see that Yaakov had a younger brother. This is back when they were both in the Orthodox uh, community because they have like the long curls. Are the, what are those curls called? Peyas. What are they called? Peyas. How do you spell I, that? I don't know. Okay. It's pronounced hair. Hair. <laughs> hair. 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 Um. Well, anyway, they're like walking through New York one night through like you know, and this like group of like three thugs. You know, like it's 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 sad that they're like this shit. So mean. This shit like happens, but like they basically start yeah. giving him a hard time because they're Jewish, um, and they grab his younger brother and they start like cutting off the heyas. Yeah. Hey-ya. Ugh. Did I say it wrong? Hey. Like heya. Hey. Hey. I put hey-ya. it in the chat. P e y o t. Heya. Oh. There's, okay. a, there's a he in there, but I'm not gonna do it. Is oh it... wow, that does not look like it. What it sounds. That nope. looks like the word payot. They get off his piats. Well, anyway, he his brother freaks out because obviously he's being like you know assaulted by this group of dudes, it's like pushed to the ground and being like pushed around. It's... And he panics and he runs out in the street and gets hit by a car. Yep. 
And Yaakov, like, he kind of just stood there paralyzed while the whole thing happened. And so he blames himself for letting, for not stepping in to save his brother. And if if he had, his brother wouldn't have gotten killed by a car. And again, that's some heavy fucking shit to carry around, right? Um, And so he obviously, he is carrying his own grief. And now the the Mazik is like, you know, transferring since, you know, Ruben is dead. It's transferring to him. Fresh meat. Yeah. So it's like picking up on his grief. Um, and then, you know, throughout the night, there are, there are a number of, of creepy moments. Like he, he, he's frequently texting with Sarah, the girl he met, you know, from the, the support group at the beginning. And I did think it was kind of like, I, I don't know. It, it felt a little weird to me that like, she's texting this dude at like 1am. Right. But I guess she's like, I can't sleep. I'm bored. How are you? Right. Like it's. It really wasn't necessary that relationship. I mean, it, I don't know. It, I, I agree. I don't really feel like Sarah's presence in the movie adds much. Right. Yeah. Other than like, it does give him someone to like text with throughout the night. Yeah. And, and they do the thing, you know, like bloop, you like see the text messages on screen. Um, but there is, there is a pretty cool sequence where he's like, he, he's like freaking out and he calls her and uh on like on on like facetime and she's like you know what do you what do you is everything okay blah blah blah. and then she like looks into the camera and says something like you killed your brother right and and then like these demon hands like grab her and pull her off screen and you realize that like he would never actually got through to her you know yeah um kind of like slender man looking a little bit yeah, it's definitely got a Slender Man looking vibe. Yeah, it's like if Slender Man were made of tubers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a there's also a part where early in the film you see that he takes like some kind of some kind of medication. It's unclear if it's for depression yeah. or anti anxiety or antipsychotic. Oh knows. yeah, I remember at the time oh, yeah. noticing it. Oh, I think it because they make they make they make a point of him like going in the bathroom and taking a pill, yeah. you know. Well, and he calls his. Do we say he called his psychiatrist? Well, I was about That's, to bring that yeah, up. That was okay, the next yeah. call. Because he thinks the things he's seeing are that he's like having like a like a like an episode because he right? had yeah. them in the like it's implied he had them in the past. And so yes. he's like, oh, it's happening again. Like I'm seeing shit. That's this there. is my head cannon. He didn't actually even have a little brother. <laughs> 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 he um. So, yeah, again, like, that's, that's you know, that's good writing in my book because it, 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 it's one extra reason for him to stick around. Like, totally. he, he's like, yo, I need the money, plus I know I have a history of, like, hallucinating. Right. Well, yes. and it makes sense with his history. Yeah, yeah. I will say, though, if you add on the fact that earlier in the night, uh, the rabbi said to him, the last Schoimer left and, like, didn't come back. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That should be taken into account. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he even says he got freaked out, right? Yeah, he got yeah he got scared and left. He doesn't tell him yeah. why he got scared. Um, yeah, so, I like the way they did the thing with the therapist. Where, like he called the therapist, being like, "I need help. I need you to call me back." Like I'm, you know, I'm seeing stuff. And then when he gets the call back, he thinks he's talking to his therapist for a while, but he's been talking to the the Mazik. Yeah, yeah. Because his therapist like, is like, "Why'd you kill him?" Eventually. <laughs> Yeah, then yeah, the therapist he, really calls back after, and it's like, yeah, and it's oh. like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that was great. I thought they did like for a contained movie, right, where it's really mostly just this dude in these couple rooms. They really kept it going, right? Yes. It, and and but like the movie's fairly fairly short. I think it's like it's like eighty nine minutes, so like it doesn't outstay its welcome either, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, eventually he. Like, you know, he does eventually reach that point where he's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Like, I'm just, like, peace. And he starts to, he just, like, walks out the door and starts, like, walking away. Mrs. not going to let you leave. Yeah, she says, like, it's too too late. And I, I, again, I was like, thank you. Thank you for at least leaving, right? But then the movie is like, well, here's why he can't, because he immediately starts, like, like, crumpling over in pain, right? I love this scene. Yeah. this, This is great. Uh, why don't you tell us about it, Missy? I mean, he's trying to get away, like, with all of his might, and his bones just start, like, popping and breaking. And, like, the magic has such a hold of him that he's just, like, destroying his body, like, bit by bit, the further he tries to get away. And he's basically just, like, dragged back into the house in pain. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not, he's not like, dragged back. He, no, like, like, crawls back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's that's a great that's a great explanation for why he can't leave the house. Yeah. He's fucking just trapped there. So like if you know if, when Mr. Lefebvre was trying to leave every time, he would just I mean you could, no one right. would like see anything doing something to him, but he's just like being contorted. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like. You know, you see that every three blocks in Brooklyn. So it just seems <laughs> there's there's always someone crumpled over and twitching on the street. Um, is that offensive to Brooklyn people? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the line. Uh, we'll we'll test it, see how it goes. Um, so he eventually goes back to the house, and um, I think the only like the the main thing is eventually he goes upstairs, right? And this is when Mrs. Litvak gives her like monologue, and she kind of talks about. What does she talk about? Like grief and what her husband, you know, how he had to murder his wife in the past. Do any of you remember the scene? Yeah, I think that's basically it. I remember like the scene, but not what the conversation was that well. Yeah, it's funny because I remember like she's up there talking like they're like in the attic or in her bedroom. Yeah. And and even the moment she was done talking, it goes on for like a couple of minutes. I remember being like, I don't remember what she just talked about. I remember (laughs) the scene in the kitchen more where he's like. She's she's like this is really you know I no it's really happening but it's not hap- like it's not actually happening but what you're seeing is just the magic. Remember like they're in the kitchen and he's like in the with like a knife or something. No, because as Chris pointed out, like there's there's no like necessary necessary order to the scenes, right? right? Like mm-hmm. you could you could literally kind of cut and mix all these scenes up, and it still would be the same movie because yes, it's just like he goes into a room, he sees a creepy thing. Mrs. Litvak shows up, they talk about something, and then she goes away, and then he sees another creepy thing, or it gets a creepy phone call or whatever, right? Um, but uh, eventually, he basically, he says to her, like, where's, where's your husband? I think it's the body disappears. Doesn't it disappear? Uh, yes. There's this great, there's like a cool practical effect where like the, 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 the sheet covering the body just kind of like, deflates you know like it just kind of settles and then you realize there's no body there so he goes upstairs and says where's your mm, husband right yes and she says uh-huh. he's in he's in the other bedroom at the end of the hall right, right? oh that was that's and so he like he like gets like a a candle right and um starts walking down this dark hallway and they do the thing where like the walls are like breathing and like hands are like pushing through the walls it's a you really know? long hallway he's in that hallway for like several minutes yeah, I don't know if it's a long hallway or if it's one of those like magic, you know, like like the magic is messing with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like this is the climax of the film as he's like walking down the hallway and there's like a presence at the end and he gets close and there's the fucking magic, right? Um, and it like it like I don't remember what it you only see its face. It kind of looks like clay because the clay forms and it looks like him, right? He's like looking at his own face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I assume that's like the demon, you know, there's a whole thing there about the demon and grief and whatever. Um, the real demon is you <laughs> or whatever. The real demon were the we, friends we made along like, the way. We, we cause <laughs> we 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 cause our own pain. Yeah. Guilt, and I, I like the little like lore they had about it. Right. Is that like in order to defeat it, you have to like it has to like look back or something by or no, it, it's a demon that doesn't look back or only looks back. What was it? Fuck. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about. Well, because there's the whole thing at the end where you see the music and it's like head rotates around. And it's because it's, yeah. it's supposed to be a metaphor for looking in the past, right? Oh, yeah, we okay. didn't, we totally okay. didn't talk about this. The 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 music's like head is on backward, yes, right. right. And so you're right. It like it is always looking back at the past, like in the way, same way that you look back at your mistakes, right? right? Right. But but so but when it walks forward, you're just seeing the back of its like bald head. Yes. So that's it. Kind of looks like Slender Man if Slender Man didn't have a face, right? Hmm. Um. And you're right. Like, again, you rarely see it in, like, in focus in this movie. But when you do, it is creepy. Like, they did a very good job with that. Yeah. Um, and so I guess at the end of the movie is when you finally – it finally gets a face and you realize its face is Yaakov's face. Yes. And Yaakov, like, throws the candle up in its face and lights it on fire. And it, like, screams and its face, like, melts away. And it dies. And yeah. it's morning. 
And well, the secret to killing the... all monsters is fire. It's yeah. always fire. But they do the cool scene then of like exor- like basically exercising the body of Mr. Lipback too. So his like body mm. under the sheet is just like contorting for a few yes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's it's, right. It's, it's leaving him as well. So his soul is free. Right. Um, and so by the end of the movie, Yaakov has like, he like finds, he like sort of refine, not finds his faith, but like, He's able to like do the he does the prayer over the body and yeah. like send and he, like he sends Mr. Litvak into the peaceful afterlife, right? And I felt like you got a sense that Yaakov has like faced his demons and like is an is a changed man, right? Like he yes. he has he's able to forgive himself for letting his brother die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's so, come to terms with things. Um you know, it's now like six a.m. or whatever, and like the rabbi shows up with two got two other like uh, yeah, morticians or something, right? And they have a van, and they like they load up the body, and they're like, you know, he he's like, uh, how'd hey, it go? How did yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Yaakov's like, it was it was great, and he he gives him his money, and then the rabbi's like, hey, you want to like come by the the temple, you know, and like you know we can talk or whatever, and and Yaakov's like, hey man, like look, I really appreciate it, but like. I'm going to say no right now, okay? I was surprised he said no, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I I, I like that, Missy, yeah. because it, it's like he has found a confidence in who he really is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you first, it's like when he when he first interacts with the rabbi earlier in the night when he gets the offer, I, I feel like he's, like, very apologetic. That's like, he true. can't, right? He He's like, he keeps saying, I'm not coming back, but he's, like, ashamed at the same That's time. True. Yeah, you're right. And by the end of the movie, he says he's still like, I'm not coming back to the Orthodox religion, but like he has, doesn't have guilt over that. Yeah, I think it, it, he like he literally like puts his hand like on the rabbi's shoulder and he's like, maybe some other time. But like, I like I'm going to it's like a no, it's a firm no. Yeah. You know? But I but he's like, I love you, bro. You know, but like you got to let this go. Um, And uh, and then the rabbi like nods and he's like, OK, well, like, good luck, buddy. Right. And. He then goes outside. It's a brand new day, and he texts Sarah, who apparently never sleeps. And, <laughs> and I, even in her text, she's like, "Oh, I couldn't sleep." And he's like, and he thinks about it, and he's like, "You want to go have coffee?" And she's like, "Let's do it." <laughs> and then he walks off off screen. And again, like he went from being a scared to hug a woman to like, "I'm going to ask that girl out." And um, and then it cuts to them having like vigorous sex for like yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they just cut in footage from uh, the hot, thick pizza delivery seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, let me ask you guys a question. Did you notice what happens in the final moments of the film? I bet Chris did and Missy did not. I, I did I watched... not because I was sleepy. <laughs> I ah. didn't, but I was just like, I felt like it just ended really like slow and weird. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, so... I also, Chris, was I was a little sleepy toward the end, but like the last shot of the film is Yaakov walking. It's like a long shot of the block, right? Yes. And in the background is you can see the rabbi and the two morticians like loading Mr. Litvak's body into a van. And Yaakov like stands in the foreground close to the camera, like texting Sarah. And then he walks off screen, like toward camera and off screen. But then the camera just holds there for a little while yes i remember the, the, that and and the movie ended right yeah yeah no, and, yeah and, mm-hmm. and i was like okay and then erica my wife was like oh that's creepy and i was like what's creepy she's like didn't you see the mozic and i was like wait what and she was like yeah dude the mozic and so i rewound and watched it again and if you watch you see after he walks off camera if you look at the porch of the litvax house you see the mozic come out and start walking down the steps and then following him down the block. Ooh. No, I didn't notice oh, that. I, I no, went I back because I was like, oh, that was weird. I, like, I bet something happened, but I went back and I didn't notice it the I second time. I did too. Time. I went back yep. once also. Yeah. I can't it's, believe I didn't see that. It's super subtle because he's like, the Mazik is like very out of focus and it's a silhouette. It's so yeah. and, it, and if you're not paying attention, you might think it's one of the, the morgue guys. But if you watch the scene, you'll see that they are all three in the van at this point. Mm. Right. Like they ver- the, the director was very clear about like, I want to make sure that all three of these people are, are accounted for. Mm. And then a fourth black thing comes out of the house. Hmm. Cool. So what does that mean? 
that the Mazik's still alive and haunting The Mazik, he didn't get rid of it. But but he did everything the video said. He did the fire. <laughs> so? That he, got, out, he took advice from a guy who never got rid of it. Yeah. Ruben Litvak. Yeah, Ruben but Litvak couldn't do it. outside and he's not twitching. Yeah. True. He so probably then, weakened it. Oh my I think God. I think that's I think it's implying again there's a, there's like that what I like about this movie is there's a lot of themes and symbology without like really fucking hitting you in the face with it you know yes and I think the, the I idea that. is that like you can never truly get rid of your grief right like he's forgiven right. himself mm-hmm. and he's like become stronger and better and he like he wants to live you know uh, a better life or whatever but the but the mazik is still there, right? Like it's like his grief will always follow him. And if he doesn't, you know, do whatever, whatever it takes to get rid of it, it will, con- it will get stronger and eventually haunt him again. Yeah. Or, okay. Or maybe it's like he, the exact, it's probably maybe exactly what happened to Ruben Litvak, right? Like when he was a young man, yeah. it just followed him at a distance, but over time it like gained strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, But I thought that was a, I don't know. Like I like I like that cuz that's a that's a more that's a satisfying horror ending of like you didn't really kill the thing, right? Yeah, it was and, a little like petered out the other way. So, no, that's nice. Okay. I encourage I encourage you both to go back I will. and just just watch the last like minute and really like like stare at stare at the screen and you'll see it. Okay. Um and uh I'm glad I was you like, noticed that. That'd be so embarrassing I, if like people listen to dude, this episode I, and they're like they I, didn't I, even we, see the ending. We all owe it to, to Erica. Thanks, if she Erica. hadn't watched this, yeah. if she hadn't watched this, oh, I also would have I pulled it up now. It is so out of focus. It's yep. hard to notice. It's hard to notice. Yeah. I bet but, it would be that here, interestingly, I bet that would read a lot better on a screen. But like watching it. You didn't watch it on a screen? No, 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 like on a big screen. Did you listen to the audiobook of the (laughs) movie? I listened to the audiobook. I had the the, uh, audio direction on for for, uh, blind people. Um, No, like I bet it would read better on a big screen, right? Like at a movie theater? Yeah, probably. But like watching it on, like I've just rewatched it now on my computer screen and it's like pixelated. So it's hard to even see that there's something there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think the... Look, I think the lesson here is that we need to all be a little more observant when we're watching horror movies. Well, I watched movies. it in the I couldn't watch it at night, so I watched it during when my son was napping during the daytime. So mm, it was uh, very light in the room. Well, yeah. blame it on your son. Yeah, blame it on the sun. <laughs> anyway, so that's the vigil. And yeah. I big recommend. I liked dude, it. Big, I liked it a lot. I thought this guy has a real he has a real strong grasp of like the language of horror cinema. That you know, yes. like like the the way he shoots the scenes, the use of lighting, the use of tension. Again, like not very reliant on jump scares, which goes yeah. a long way. Um, it's very confident. Just... That's like pretty amazing. This was his first movie. Yeah, I mean, I like you know, I think I, I think he had made like you know a short film or whatever I'm before, sure, but, but yeah. But it, no, this is his first feature film, and this alone has made me super excited for Firestarter. You know, yeah, mm. like. I acknowledge that Firestarter will unfortunately probably be hindered by some of the more, you know, because um, it's a bigger budget. And it's, you know, it's got like you know, a star or stars in it. It's it's a Stephen King adaptation. It might lose its way, you know, because too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that like this guy with a small budget was able to make a really powerful film that like is one of those rare horror movies that is both an actually scary movie, but it's also like about something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's actually nice about two things. It's like a look a... into the. Oh, go yeah. ahead, Missy. Oh, just like, like I think like you were about to just say that it was like a peek into another world that you get to learn about it. And like a lot of the film, um, they're speaking in Yiddish. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like subtitled. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say like oh, what like twenty thirty percent of the movie. I mean, like... a big chunk. It's not. Yeah, twenty thirty. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's more than that. I don't. No, I don't, but that's. I, don't... I think even twenty thirty. That's substantial. I, look, I'm I'm ear blind. I don't hear languages. <laughs> <laughs> and right and since you watch it on small screens chris you probably didn't even know there were subtitles uh wait watch it <laughs> no it's an audiobook this is an audio <laughs> horror book um okay well is there anything you guys uh anything else you want to say about this no goodbye okay Bye. Uh, yeah. well before that <laughs> next week next week we're gonna do scare me which i've been wanting to watch for scare me. a while now are we uh we're doing scare me. We're doing scare me next week. Scare me, Brenda. Do we do we approve this decision? I don't remember this. We approved this weeks ago. Okay. This okay, is fine. Uh, 
If you don't remember, remember you approved it. I sent it. you a text and you said, oh, it's got that girl in it. I like that girl. And I said, what's she from? And you said, I don't remember. <laughs> well, it sounds like something I would say, but I don't remember. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to do Scare Me Next Week. Oh, Go- yeah. I still don't. Uh, uh, you're the worst. It's from You're the Worst. I don't know what that FX is. FX show. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that how okay. you say that? Is that how you say what? Why I are we just? <laughs> Let's try. Can we just can we just do this part and be done? Yep. <laughs> Good night. Okay. Well, now we have to we have to redo it so you can re-edit this. So goodbye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay. Before we say goodbye, everyone, next week we're gonna do scare me. Not next week. Next episode. Oh God. Then- when did we agree to this? <laughs> no. Are you are you kidding? <laughs> You know what? I'm not telling you what movie we're doing. Right? It's going to be Scare Me, which has from, the guy from, from FX. From now on, Pod Forsaken is the most abrasive fucking show you listen to. I will not be content until every listener has abandoned us. I'm not telling you what fucking movie we're doing. I'm not even on the episode. I'm not going to tell you the movie we're describing in the episode. No, I, like, we're going we're gonna, to uh, surprise you when spoilers start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start with spoilers. Yeah, if we're going to start with spoilers and work backwards. And when I get to the end, I'm going to go three, two, one, premise. <laughs> three, two, one, goodbye. Three, two, one, nasty and dirty. <laughs> all right. Scare um, me. Scare me next week. I it's going to be a lot you. of fun. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to find us, you can reach out to us on you know Twitter, Facebook, email. Missy, what's our email address? Pod, pod for pod for pod. At, at podcast at gmail.com. Boom! First <laughs> time. She did it. Oh, were we recording? Oh, we weren't that time. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll try again next week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah.